this episode of the Good Comics Podcast, we talk to Ramsey about his upcoming book, LDN, which is part of the Good Comics Kickstarter, live until the 4th of November. Back it now to help us publish four amazing new books. This book is a pain in the neck, that's what this book is. Um, it's something that I had kicking around. I was working, I, I wrote it, I was writing it around 2016. And I think I first started talking to you guys about it when you did a, one of these weird things called um, a comic book launch. It was like this thing where people used to, yeah, I'd imagine that. Where they used to like, and like, and there was like loads of people there, and there was like free booze in this place with gosh comics mm, in I'm Soho, sure. and I'm like, sure uh, yeah, about. they used to sell comic books there, and used to have these great things called launches. But yeah, but you had like this launch of this book, um, and uh, it. I spoke to you and Paddy there, yeah. and. Um, but I think ages before that, I remember being at Bristol um, Zine Fair with uh, the, 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 the ever-talented Paul Shin. And uh, you, you guys were like ch- chatting to me about maybe doing something there. Because that year was really... 2016 was really crazy because that was my second comic. Like 2015, I bought out two books. My first and my second comic came out the same year. And um, the second one was nominated for British Comic Awards in 2016 was yeah. the year it was. And, like, Bristol Comic Fair was just before Thought Bubble. So it was yeah. just before me going there and shit, shit going crazy. But, um, but yeah, you, you guys spoke to me about it then. So yeah. I yeah. was kind of work, write, I was writing it at wow. that time. Fact, I bought Zors off you that time, I remember, um, and you were wearing the dinosaur head, which yeah, was a very, yeah. a very strong comic um, look. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, and uh, it was called, uh, I think, what, what did you rock in some, like, um, it was called Sonic Youth Taylor Swift t-shirt. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's the one. That, one that was, like, that, fit me that was like the most, that was, well, it's just crazy times, isn't it? It was, like, it was, like, it was, it was pre, pre, it was pre-Trump and post-Brexit. So it was in. So it was like half. half we, we we had one foot in the hellhole that we are currently living in now. We were only <laughs> partially fucked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, <laughs> and then after that, it became the whole new normal. But uh, yeah, during that time, I was writing it, and it just took forever to do because um, I came into comic completely unconnected to anybody so i had this crazy idea of like hiring people and paying them page rates which is something you never do in small press it's crazy because right? <laughs> i was a complete nobody i just walked in um i i was like okay this is what i'm gonna do i think 2000 end of 2013 i was like this is what i'm gonna do i'm gonna um bring out two books one book I'm just going to write and find three illustrators and write and draw and and I'll just see you know what, just just to see what my strengths are just to see what I can do whatever and 
and yeah, it was just basically going to Gosh, picking up three, um, taking down three names, like five. I took about five five names down. Two, two, three of them got back to me, um, and yeah. So I was trying to find. Originally, I was supposed to draw all the stories in LDN because I had this idea of like, okay, um, each story is going to be done in a different art style or different sort of storytelling mechanism. Yeah. And that was only because I can cheat that way. I could be okay. I could do one, one story. I can draw it like an autobio Liz Prince, like, um, like style, loose style. And you look at the thing is her comics are deceptively simple. You look at it and you think, Oh, this is like, really, it takes me back to when I, I was a kid and I was drawing these characters but it's almost like trying to draw in her style is almost trying to forge somebody's signature because it's like so done in a particular style you can't copy it so I did my own weird version of it and ended up colouring it anyway but um, but yeah I was supposed to, and I drew, the first story I drew for that was Traps then I drew pocket bunnies which ended up being like fucking 60 pages because <laughs> the story was just too big and that wiped me out and then by then I was like you know what I was sitting on the I was I was at Thought Bubble and on my table was this group called um, from Bristol called um, Frog Lump oh, yeah. and oh, yeah. they're an arts collective they're pretty gangster they're probably one of the best um, they've I think one of them, one of them's done a, a Avery Hill book. I think, yeah. but yeah, Lizzie, Li, Li, who part of that part of that gang, um, she had this style that was quite close to what I wanted to do for Sammy's Mitzvah. So I was like, um, picture book stuff, like a mixture between a comic book and a chapter book. So yeah. she had think- that sort of. She had that kind. She had that kind of like Stephen University type vibe that I wanted that story to have. Yeah, it's got this very like um, middle grade, but like um, illustrated book, chapter book type feel to it, hasn't it? Like her art looks very like you could see it in a in a in a chapter book or something like that. Yeah, and she's. I think she's in animation right now. She's she's working on the Moomins. Oh um, wow! TV show, so I caught out the right time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, which, who else? Did, uh, uh, oh, I'm trying to remember. Oh yeah, and I can't pronounce their name, but I think Ilsa. She, no, Ilsa. I think yeah. They drew um, Happy Together, which is a story set about the pre-wedding photographs yeah, yeah. and i yeah. found i found i found their work on twitter because the thing the thing about the weird thing about like my thing is i try to look for people that are, are a bit outside the bubble of who we see at conventions all the time yeah. so i i i that that two thousand that two, two like 
at the same time that I was doing this, this, by the way, this is going to be a crazy podcast because I'm all over the place. I'm so disorganized in my brain. But um, at that time when I was doing LDN, I was also doing a, because my first year, I, my first year I did a, 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 a comic of three short stories. Then I did Zorse, which is like its own sort of, sh like own sort of story. And then the next year I was like, I'm going to do a graphic novel and I'm going to draw it all. And then I'm going to do a, um, another collection of short stories. It's going to be six short stories. And I wrote them. And I remember walking into Gosh, I was talking to Steve or Tom or something like that. And it was like, there was going to be another, um, there was, a, there was just like this rumor that there was going to be deadline magazine was going to come back. And I was like, Oh, is, is it going to come back? And, uh, um, it, didn't and then i started thinking to myself well if there was a de deadline magazine how would it be like and i was like oh it, it looked like it's from the internet you'll ha have whereas like i picked up a an old copy from um orbital and i looked through it and i was like it's very blokey so now it'll be like really it'll be like female or queer and it'll be online it wouldn't be a ma it wouldn't be a print magazine and it would, yeah, it it would be like really, it it would have it it would be me, it would have like memes in it, it would have that whole sort of sardonic humour of memes. And then I had the idea of like turning that collection, turning that short story collection into a magazine. Then I felt like um, my pal Pip, who was basically she's like the pop editor of. Um, Best of Lines Fit, um, which is an online magazine, like for music and stuff. She does the pop editing, but she was also in veterinary school. So she, she had like a crazy life where she would be like, um, I don't know, de like de-lousing a sheep in the morning and then talking <laughs> to Harry Styles then like that afternoon. So I... Yeah, and I was like, I was like, can you edit? Can you edit the mag like magazine? Find or find these article writers. Find yeah, find me article writers. Find me um, yeah. And then I found um, Sophia and like they're like a Muslim queer artists as well, and they designed the cover for it. And then I got Lucy. Ebri to do the like the, the like one of the stories and it was like the, it was like a mix between people that we know it is people that we don't know and um it turned out to be a thing but the weird thing about that is like i was doing all that at the same time as i was doing Zool, um ldn and it was like screwing my mind and that's why it took ages to do because i was trying to do both and it's just me you know and if it you know if i got hit by a bus none of them will come out so i ha i was like the main like thing behind it all, which is really annoying. But um, with LDN, to make it easy for the podcast, I suppose, <laughs> the whole idea was in 2015, I read um, Zadie Smith's NW, and it's all set in um, Northwest London, and it's like the story of these four friends, and one of the characters who's tangentially linked to them. But it's also around the same neighborhood and 
she uses all these like cool little literary devices and I was like oh like I've never seen a book like this I've never seen a graph I've never seen like going like going around like orbital forbidden gosh and I, I never saw any book that did contemporary London like that so I was like I want to do something like that but it wasn't like oh I'm not Zadie Smith like I was like I'm gonna it was more like I'm gonna rip copy her then I'm gonna be like her in a sense yeah. like there was like there wasn't like oh you know so I was like okay so she did all these different forms what are different forms that I could do if I'm gonna draw it all what are different forms that I could do to um like make it easy for myself to draw because I think if you're doing a whole graphic novel on your own and it's done in one style it can take for like it you could be halfway through it and you just want to shoot yourself because it's so long and arduous, especially if you've got your own job, especially if you've got like a day job and you're coming back to do this and you're, and it's, it, it kills you. Yeah, so you're just going to say something. Well, I was just going to say that um, I think that's, that's probably dependent on who you are, but that that's why the, the story style suits you so well because you have this kind of like very hyperactive almost you know you you, you always want to be doing, yeah, hyper- doing 10 things at once and it's uh, and so for you that work yeah i can see because i'm i'm kind of similar and i i i hate concentrating on things for for too long i just find it fine i get i mean just if you're doing a whole 200 book um book yourself and you would draw it all I just think for me it would just kill like it would just be really annoying so I thought it would be a cool way of breaking it down if you if I drew it all in four different styles copied Zadie Smith so but like if the styles could fit what the book's about so with the first like so sorry let me rewind Uh, so if the styles could fit the, the tone of what the story is about so when I had the idea of doing the book of what the book's going to be about like London um, I started looking at other stuff like more like films stuff like Magnolia and like shortcuts and stuff like that and be like those films are cool but I didn't want to do a thing where all the stories cut into each other because it would just be like it would be too mad so it's like yeah. I like the idea that it's realistic-ish stories um, and yeah and I was like okay if I separate them have one in North London one in like one in South London I explained it better on no sorry I explained it better like on the Twitter um, but just talking about it I don't know sorry my brain's like mush right now it's pandemic but <laughs> but, um, yeah, but like I was like I was like I was like okay, how do I, I was like, if I'm going to do a book about London, the, 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 the subject is too broad. If I break it down by North London, South London, East London, and West London, and then try to think of subject matters that are um, related to that particular area. And I did a couple like that, and the rest didn't fit. So I started thinking of themes. So I was like, looking, if, I was doing, if I was going to do North London, and I was going to look into like, more of the Jewish community there I can look into religion and if I was going to do at the time I think there was a bit 
there was all the mad stabbings going on. So I was like, I want to do something about that, so I can look about look at it, look at race and look at all that shenanigans and uh, do that. And then I started. Um, and then I was like East London hipsters that talk about class, and then South London where I was was from. I was like, ooh, I was totally stumped for that, but I had a short story, um, prose story I wrote year like a few years ago that was like based on like um, that concept around age, like concept about age, mostly like this overgrown teenager woman. So I was like, I could do that as the South London story. And as I was doing that, I found out, like, a mate was like, oh, what about, what about the city of London? And I was like, what do you mean city of London? It's the city inside. And I was like, my God, I didn't even know about this. I've been in London all my life, most of my life, I should say. And I never even heard that there was, like, some eyes wide shut crazy London in the middle of um, <laughs> the city that is, like, mostly empty because like all the people move in from all the people that work in the city are from the outside countryside and then move they'd go into the city to work and then they disappear and it becomes like this like empty city in the weekends they maybe empty city now like yeah. everyone's working from home so it's like i was like oh like originally i was going to go can i look into the whole like creepy money shenanigans i was like no then i heard about um pre-wedding photographs which i thought was pretty zany like like going to britain which has this sort of a uh, esteem of it being like royal and harry pottery and <laughs> tourists come over here and you know engage in all that shenanigans i was like and yeah there's they take their wedding they take their wedding photos there before they have their actual wedding so when you go to the wedding you see these huge um posters and then you learn about like um how photoshop they are and they'll intensify it and stuff like that so i i thought of this story of like oh wouldn't it be interesting if like the groom studied in london and he um had a secret like relationship like a, a, a queer relationship and it, it becomes like the place where he's at to take his wedding photographs um, becomes where it's almost sort of like the funeral place where his, his, his like real like love experience was and he's like in this sham. <laughs> and, um, so I thought that would be quite poignant. Let me see if I could squeeze that in 10 pages. Um, and... Um, and then when I was and then when I was putting that together, I was like, okay, these stories are quite universal. I want something that like is very now. And I had this idea of doing like this cool little uh, interlude where it could be about um, Boris Johnson and like politics and stuff. And I had this crazy idea. I read this article about like in his. Um, they call it constituency or where he run where where he where he officially is based um there's there's a big homelessness problem there so i was like it'd be funny if, if not darkly funny not really funny but like if if 
following on from Boris bikes. He made Boris glasses, and they're like these, like, they, like give tourists this augmented reality view of London, but really it's like this, um, it hides all the, like, all the stuff you wouldn't want to see tourists see, like homelessness, drug addicts, whatever, graffiti, whatever. Um, so I passed that on to um, an artist called Bridget M. Sounds quite funky. And um, she is like, she's like super like witty and has a really cool style. She drew the end papers as well. Yeah. Um, and she basically wrote, it's, like, it's, it's the only story, it's a weird thing, like the only story in it which I, which I haven't written but I kind of, I came up with the idea uh, of like the, the basic concept, but she, she wrote it and she uh, made it, she made it more creepy and more political than um, the little Black Mirror episode that I imagined, but I embraced it when I got the pages in, I was like, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so you, but, get, um, you get a story by credit for, for that one. I think so. Yeah. Or something like that. I don't know. I, I don't, I, I I mean I don't mind her having the whole thing, but um, but uh, but yeah. But then putting that all together in a weird trying to find a weird like um, visual way of putting it all together. So I started thinking about the, um, the London bus because the weird thing traveling in on public transport in other countries like um, like if you, around New York. Or even LA. I've never done LA. I've only I've only driven in cars in LA. But the idea in other countries, like buses are like for poor people, or like you don't really. And they're really like like if you've travelled the New York subway, it's it's really messed up and it's not very well taken care of. And you look at London public transport, and it's really. For what it is, it's really well, it's clean, it's really, it really looks pretty cool, and every walk of life um, rides it. So it's almost like that was sort of the imagery that I went for, for the whole, to tie everything together, like they're on one big bus, and it's like, it connects everything, and um, like the contents thing is like a bus route, and everything about, and yeah, it's all, it's yeah, it's all a bit like that, and it's also like the whole concept of the book was just basically to demystify it all. Because I remember like my first ever thought bubble experience and going to Leeds and like being in a um, cab there and like the cab driver going, "Oh, like where did you come? Like where did you come down from? Like, from London?" And he could like, even though he didn't sneer, you could feel the sneer, and I was like, "Dude." We're not all wearing monocles and like top hats and like like we're the you know rich. It just so happens that you were wearing a monocle and a top hat, though. Right? Yeah, I was. I was. I mean, weirdly, he weirdly, weirdly he was taking me to the British Comic Awards, so I was kind of a bit glammed up. But <laughs> but, uh, but it wasn't my default setting. But uh, but yeah, it's like trying to um, get the real London across the, the the multiculturalness of it and but the weird thing about it was because it was based on a lot of stuff that I was reading at the time because I was like oh I was reading like literary fr um, fiction for myself 
I was um, reading a lot of YA and um, middle grade fiction because that's the stuff I wanted to write and move into. Because the weird thing about comics is, is as soon as you get into comics, people try to convince you to leave. <laughs> so I go, dude, it's fun, but like there's no money in it, and you should like you should like uh, um, pivot to like um, publishing and it's YA or write YA and stuff. So I was reading all that, and that's why like when I wrote. For example, the first story in it, Sammy's Mitzvah, like, it's a weird story because it's like, the the whole concept about it is like, this boy is having his bar mitzvah and his grandmother dies and he finds out that his grandmother um, never fully converted. And the thing about Judaism, which they also have in Islam, is that when you die, you have to be buried within 24 hours of when you're dead. And um, so it becomes like this quick thing. Like, so he's got his bar mitzvah, she dies. So they cut it. So it becomes like this urgent thing of like, um, they, they, the sister has this madcap idea of um, um, what's called forging a um, conversion document and then hiding it in the um, rabbi's office. So just because he just recently changed office or whatever, so they can, they can, deal it in there but um but then the weird thing about it is like i went into it with that intention oh, i'm going to do like this mg thing but then when you think about all the religious sensitivities and all the rules of it like trying to make it work it ended up being a lot deeper than, like, a lot deeper than, a lot, a lot more adult than I intended. But I started thinking about, like, films like um, Empire of the Sun or even Pan's Labyrinth, where there's films that have, they're adult films, but they have, like, kid protagonists in them. Yeah. And they become, like, the more realistic, they become the more realistic stories of childhood because Stand By, Stand By Me is like that as well, like, they become the more realistic um, tales of childhood because you see the darkness and all the, the complex adult world in, in, in there. Whereas like all the MG novels, I lardied are and don't really touch upon that stuff. So it becomes, so it be, kind of became like that. Yeah. It's a, it's a really, um, it's a difficult thing to pull off. Well, I think to, to aim to have a story for adults, but the, the main characters being children, I think it's a it's a hard thing to pull off and do well, and because um, because people have these like inbuilt prejudices towards uh, watching kids stuff or, or yeah or reading YA fiction. Weird, but... Like every couple of years in publishing, you get that debate about is this YA or not. Really, I think who cares? But it's like. People are always keen to say that like a book that has kid or teenage protagonists isn't a YA novel if it's actually even remotely serious or has any kind of literary value. And I just think, who cares? But it's great to yeah. be able to put something out there that has that kind of all ages appeal, but is, as you say, really, really deep. And the depth of this book is something that I think we all really, really appreciate. But it's also really accessible, as you say, to the TikTok generation because it feels like totally memified. And I know I sound like a boomer saying that, but it's true. <laughs> no, it's, it's yeah, it's a bit, it's a bit mad. That's a, I think I was saying this to Sam because I was like, 
I don't know, um, like, if it's going to work. Because it was like me going, like, I'm going to do this this particular story, which is really, like, middle grade or, like, close to why. But it's quite middle grade. But then, then moving to something a bit more... Um, YA or a little bit above YA, which with the West London story, which is traps, which I was like, I'm going to do the conceit of like, oh, this is like a Greek tragedy. And it's going to be like, it's really um, like, it's going to be like the, uh, a, a really dark episode of like that um, E4 show, Youngers, that was on yeah. uh, a few years ago. And it was like, I'm going to do something like that. And then, then after that, doing Pocket Bunnies, which is a weird one. Because I, um, for for that one, it was, the kernel of it was based on the true story. And I obviously, I, I smudged it so good that nobody <laughs> knows. But, um, but um, yeah, hopefully. But so, like, that story was a weird one. Because I tried my best to make it 30 pages, but it ended up being, like, 60-something, 64 or whatever. And... It was almost this weird thing of like, I'm going to do this story of like this this uh, comedian who's from. Because I started going to a lot of stand-up gigs, and a lot of them they're fantastic people. I love like they're great comedians, like big up, no shade. But they're all like posh from like um, Buckinghamshire, <laughs> and I was like. I do a story where they're the hero and they're going to be like, that's going to be the lead of that. It's going to be like somebody who goes into London to, to make their fortune as a comedian. But they have this beginning thing of like, um, I'm going to try and be poor. I'm going to try and like not live with my um, uncle. I'm going to live in this um, dude's house where I'm going to try and pay the rent on... Uh, um, working at uh, like Burger King or whatever, yeah, and guess, trying to I, do comedy. I guess and it's and, kind of like yeah. a, a like performative poverty to a certain extent, isn't it? It's like that idea of uh, yeah. But I kind of felt I, but, 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 but I kind of felt she was like sincere. Like I felt like she was really going to be like I'm going to do I'm going to be what an artist is supposed to be um, or what the what the what the weird um, concept of an artist mean like you've got to suffer for your art you've got to be this like fucking um, wreck or whatever and that she's putting herself through like yeah it's basically trying to plot a um, way through london life so i split all the chapters up like money friendships love all this kind of stuff so i started looking at stuff like um like apps and like um like the gig economy where she goes in this she she goes and she meets this guy on a dating app who, who's made an app for like a, a job app and she takes apart his the, the whole idea behind job apps and why they're a bit crazy and uh and by the end of it, she comes to a place where, like, you kind of have to accept where you're from and there may be help. <laughs> That's what it was. Like, like, that was the whole idea behind it. I didn't want to make her, like, a villain in it. And the end of the story is kind of like, 
the thing is, I wanted it to be true. So in the end, it's like I wanted to be true, but then be hopeful. So there's some people whose lives um, um, they're almost starting again, and it could it it looks like it might be rock bottom, but there's this chance of hope maybe yeah. um, they could, they could start again or whatever. And um, some people are like bounced bounced into you know quite you know good sh- shenanigans but like it just looks into the whole like um idea behind that so and like the weird thing about this book is like it's almost like maybe four like five books in one well, but I, I think they're kind of tied on. but they're kind of tied following on from what Paddy was starting to say earlier though I think and and what you started to say we we had this conversation a few months ago um and and I I feel like that is why why the book works and from my point of view I think it I think the books that I find in interesting or exciting like challenge you to a certain extent and I think what this book does when you present it as as the whole book and has the whole collection it's it's almost challenging the reader to to like be okay with skipping between genres and skipping between themes and getting what you get at the end of it and the end result is this like you you get this picture that you can't quite quite see all of but you get this you almost get the feeling you get you get this like broad brushstroke of like what life is like in London in and what what these people you know how all of these things coexist. It's weird because like um, like the language of it like the 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 West London story in traps I wrote it as authentic as possible so. I don't know. I haven't even. I haven't included a glossary or anything like that. They're they're going to have to go to Urban Dictionary. But um, it's going to be like like that's that's the thing. I kind of meant like how would certain people get it? I think some people might get it. Some people might not. I, I guess some people might get it as a whole. But then again, you do like I do this like think in this like if you stop like a posh dude on the King's Road and you'd be like, what's on your I, you know, um, I, um, iPod? And they'll be like, oh, I've got a bit of grime on there. I've got a bit of this on there. I've got a bit on that on there. And I kind of think like the books like that, in the sense, like if yeah. you've got a varied reading or just watching or that kind of type, I think, yeah, you, you'd get it. Maybe, maybe like, uh, um, uh, a millennial or a, a Gen Z person would get it more. Um, but yeah, it's just like, for me, I can't see the forest of the trees at the moment. So it's almost like, I don't know what this book, I don't know what this book is until it's actually out. And it's going to be mad. It's going to be mad just to see what people say. Cause that's like, that's when you know, that's when you really know. This is what happens when you're yep. when you're so close to something and you've worked on it for so long. They like yeah. it. It almost stops. It it stops being yours, and it is now whatever it means to to the person who reads it. I, I think. Yeah, it's like it's weird because like 
the the cool thing about working with collaborators is is like two of the stories I drew, and I don't know what the hell somebody else is going to think about them. But with the other artists, I got feedback on the story from them, what they thought about it, things that they thought might not be clear. Even in the stuff that I drew, I mean, even in the stuff I drew, like um, for Traps, I sent that to Sergeant to colour and do the lettering for. And uh, he, he, he dug it, gave me some sort of notes as well. Um, and whereas pocket bunnies, I was completely, I was, I was flying off the seat of my pants. But it's almost like the cool thing about that is like, it was almost like writing an essay because she's a stand-up comedian, and like the she tells, she basically tells the, um, we split the story into like five subjects, and she does the intro for each subject like a Seinfeld episode with the with with a yeah. gag or whatever and then you see that episode of her life relating to that subject so that was a way to keep it ordered and for me to know like not to be completely in a dark um but yeah it's weird because I've got this very like higgledy piggledy way of doing things that somehow wraps up in the end but uh but yes it's 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 a mad old thing making a graphic novel yeah it really is yeah um sorry paddy you unmuted yourself and I thought oh all i was going to say was that i had to google the word sickle dench so there's obviously some references <laughs> that go over my head but I appreciated the I, reference to Jilly Cooper, which I think is going to go over the heads of the teenagers. So, you know, you're, you're really catering for everyone. There. Yeah. Me, I me forgot about that. Jilly Cooper. <laughs> when I was this um, um, ex-work colleague, she was going through those books for, for a lark. So it's quite funny hearing, hearing her, her, her takes on riders or whatever it was. They used to be on TV, like the mini series of them back in the day really yeah I've yeah seen a bit crazy, of it. crazy crazy <laughs> yeah crazy. did you consider at any point just having like an ass on the cover and it just saying ldn <laughs> <and then you? laughs> could have could have could have been could have been yeah hey guys there's still time there's still time <laughs> someone in some riding boots with a, yeah with a, with yeah a bit mad <laughs> cool um yeah i i think it's it's such a good book i'm i'm really really excited to see it in print and and see what people think of it as well like i think like i said just a minute ago i think it really does give you this kind of overall overall feeling about the whole of london and you get this kind of broad brush stroke about how much is going on and i think even non-specific to london what it does is it gives you it, this kind of reminder of how everyone's got stuff going on in their life in a way yeah to feel um like it's, it's like it's, it's just basically like that part of it all was like ripping off like paul thomas anderson like magnolia and it's like oh like do do a bunch of stories where like somebody 
some um, somebody wins the lottery, but then somebody else somebody else gets run over by a car, and then somebody else like um, like proposes and finds out that the that she's going out with his best friend. And it's like, <laughs> it's like but the worst thing about it is not as crazy as that, but it's almost like these very. Um, it's weird because like in writing these things, you have the idea originally what it's going to be. And then when you're finished, you look back at it and think, oh, it's people, it's all about identity. And it's all about people, one people, like the first stories, then like dealing with their religious identity and how it can come, like people coming into conflict with that. And then the other thing is like, um, like it's race, but it's class as well. And the other one's more class. And then the second one's more like family and like sexuality and the other one is um it's more age and like when you're yeah it's 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 like when your social media go like changes from people thrown up in camden to like people having babies and you're like what the fuck and it's like but the thing is i didn't sign up for this i didn't sign up for this it just happened it just appeared on my wall it's things just suddenly changes like like we didn't ask for like love brexit well some people ask for it but it's almost like that kind of thing like you're you're coerced into um this other segment of life that you don't want to be in but um so it's all it turns into something like that but i think yeah, it, like it, it's kind of the the sometimes life happens to you rather than yes. you you directing yes but that is that is that is the whole sort of like um like ancient greek idea because i think like shakespeare kind of ruined it by like going like oh everybody's in control of their lives and it's all good when really it's chaos <laughs> but like but, uh, but um but it's weird because like for me like doing a book like this was bonkers for me because like i am a genre person that's why what i'm moving on to doing next that's the stuff i'm writing now is all genre stuff and that's the stuff i was writing like for most of my writing career is genre stuff and uh i it, i kind of saw like like um writing films and writing comics similarly like i'm writing i'm writing a like a, a short film and writing a comic as in i'm doing genre stuff and then when i went to see plays and started writing plays that's when i was like oh i'm gonna write human stories about real things and um and that was when I remember going to um, the British Library when they did the Comics and Math um, exhibition, when they were talking about like British comics being subversive and dealing about new things. And then that's like, I, that really like ruined me, turned me into a bit of a gob shy. And I started going to like, this is before I, before I even published a comic, I used to go to talks at Gosh and like tell and like say like all this um small press stuff like i was a read the thing about it is was i didn't see my i kind of saw myself i wasn't making comics then i was a reader so mm. because i was a reader and i was a um a customer i was bulletproof so i could just say anything i wanted and nobody can say anything i'd be i'll say these shelves like London is fucking in turmoil and like and there's all these 
different ways of living that I can't see on these shelves. And it's full of these comics that are like Cafe Nero anecdotes. And I want to see writers like really, I want to see some blood in their writing. Like, like it's almost like the stuff that you should write about should be the stuff that you're embarrassed to show. Like you're, you're, you've exposed yourself too much or you're, 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 you're talking about stuff that is awkward or things that you're dealing with, but not, uh, not in a sympath. Like a lot of, a lot of the stuff is like, not in a sympathetic way. You could be like, Oh, you know, you, you don't want people to feel for you. You could be the stuff where I, I am an absolute bastard and you could do a comic about that and where you've actually been, a, where you've actually been a dickhead. And there are certain bits and cause like, there's certain things like I've given it to you guys to read. If my friends read it, they'll know exactly. Be like, oh, this character's you. This character's <laughs> this person, and what you've used and what you said, and who who you're taking the piss out of. But this ex, this ex coworker, and it's almost yeah, it's the stuff that you. It's the diary stuff. It's the stuff you'd put in your diary that you wouldn't show anybody. And I kind of think like that's what that's when I think. When you take a risk like that, I think that's when you write the, the best stuff. Or when you, no, no, not when you write the best stuff, is when you start, I feel like it's when you start getting the most out of it. Because I feel like if you keep writing and, lo- and your character's at an arm's length, you're going you're gonna to do good work. You're not going to do bad work. But it's, you're not going to... Um, it's not going to do anything for you, but if you put yourself into it and you put your own blood and whatever in it, you're going to get some, some catharsis out of it. And someone could come up to you and be like, Hey, that reminded me of this. And you'd be like, yeah, man, that's really cool. And you've connected with somebody. And even, 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 even if it's an arsehole thing, like even if you're like sitting there going like, you putting your hands up and be like, yeah, this is this character. It's almost like when you have, when you have, when, when a villain is almost like, when a villain is as much you as the hero and you're, you're empathizing with them. That's what it is. Yeah. Cause I kind of feel like that. Yeah. I kind of feel like that. That's when you get the most out of writing, when you, when you put yourself in there. Um, I was just going to say it's it, it's only loosely related, but I for some reason it's just popped into my head the first time that we ever spoke, and I don't you may not remember this, but I uh, I was probably drunk. Probably. I I did a talk at a ladies' event at Gosh, and you asked a question. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had got, gotten up and given this talk and basically started it by telling people that I'd been depressed and not not gotten out of bed for about two weeks. Um, and yeah. you asked me a really, really thoughtful and kind of direct question. And it was like, it was really refreshing. And, and, and I think it's something that we've come to, I've come to really enjoy about talking to you is that you very often just tell things how you see them and that that does come across in the book it comes across in the way that you present these people and it does tie into what you're saying as well it's like talking about things and being um 
being upfront about uh, about what is happening, even if it's not good, even if it isn't. Yeah. Even, even if you're else. not, even if it's not good, even if you're not the hero. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, yeah. I kind of feel like even if it doesn't put you in it, like cause I, I kind of feel like that's when you learn more. Like for me, it's, it's like it's like when writers say writing is therapy because that's what it is because you're just putting yourself there. But you, I've got to I've got to a level now where I can hide myself. Like in the sense I've been doing it for so long, been writing like ten years, and like I've got to a stage where I like the early stuff I did in that sort of style was very raw, and I've got into a way where I can I can. Um, obfuscate it a bit and people can look at it and be like ooh like won't know directly what it is and I and there's bits of me in, in, in all the in in all the characters in every of the characters even the, yeah. like the douchebags mostly the douchebags <laughs> 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 but like, yeah but the thing yeah but like um, yeah and it's, and it's also like the things doing the things that people that you don't that you wouldn't consider, but then you think, why not? Like, for example, when I did um, Sammy's Mitzvah, I was like, okay, I'm going to do, like, my riff on, um, what's called, those 90s TV shows with brothers and sisters, and where the sister was, like, the annoying one or whatever, but the sister in this one's, like, a bit of a badass. But, and I was like, why not? I was thinking about, like, why not make her disabled? Why not? like um have a character like that like i could be easy not of still kind of work but i kind of felt like um i wanted to make it's it's a it's a weird thing to 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 like articulate but it's all like you want to make the most like real do representation, but do in the most real way, like, in a sense, like, when, whenever you see, oh, I'm going to do, like, a black character, or I'm going to do a disabled character, they tend to be, like, these, like, saintly-type characters, whereas, like, um, flicking this one, she's a bit, she, like, she's, like, the chaos um, spanner-in-a-work-type character, yeah. and... I don't know. I would, I would, I would say she's likable. I was going to say she's unlikable, but she is likable. But is in a sense like I didn't want to do the standard thing. And I think a lot of people, maybe when they're making fictional worlds, they don't tend to think like maybe this character can be of a certain race or of a. It could be disabled because there's no. There's, I don't. I don't really see much disabled comics in 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 um, UK comics. I, I did one of the stories for um, Junk Food, which was the magazine that I did. Um, I was riffing on um, there was this um, girl's character, like girls. Like, I think it was, I, don't, I don't know if it was Bunty or Tammy that had these characters called the Four Marys, and there was these four girls called Mary who were friends in school. And the whole idea behind that was like, let me try and do like <laughs> the thing is, it can look like. Oh, this, let me do like the like the the, the the it could end up being like the the cheesy 70s 
social justice warrior one. Like, I'm going to do like the black character, the Asian character, the um, the disabled character, and then the 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 the, the white queer character. And it can yeah. sound like it's going to be like you're you're ticking boxes, but then after it's more like like in the sense like um, making those characters live and making them realistic and making them actual characters then rather being rather than um just who they are and well, i think i've got away with it on that got away with it <laughs> i think i it worked on that story sorry <laughs> the, the thing is it's weird because uh i like the whole like my whole like concept of like writing and stuff i got from this is a little like pocket book Andy Warhol book of quotes, right? And he's basically the thing I like about Andy Warhol, right? I don't know much about his paintings. I've seen a few of his stuff, but like he's probably the most like truth bomb after truth bomb. Like in art, it's like you have this idea of art is like whatever you can get away with in a sense. Like I'm gonna do this book that's gonna be four stories thing, and then it works. Yeah. And it, it might not work. It might not work. But if I got away with it, like whenever, whenever the, somebody reads it and they like it and they think it's good, I'm like, I got away with it. That's how I say it. Like, it's not like I got away with it as in like I, I pulled a fast one on somebody. It's I kind of felt like, I don't know if it's imposter syndrome, whatever. It's like I kind of felt like I made it work. Yeah. And I feel like with, I, I don't know, I, I, I feel like people, I don't know, I bet it's, I don't want to get into the whole thing of like you can edit this out the whole thing of like me just saying people should be doing this people should, people can do whatever the hell they want. I just feel like for me, like try to explore other realities and other types of people. Maybe I don't know. I think there's if a really you can do it. Do it. Um, I've seen some people say previously, which is like the whole thing of if if. Obviously, this doesn't work in comics so much, but in in prose, if if someone's race or identity or or how they look isn't um, isn't described, then oh yeah, yeah, it then it's up to the, the reader to, to kind of fill in that blank. And yeah, I was at a talk with yeah, I was at a talk with it, Angie Thomas, who wrote the hate you give and she was like saying that whenever 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 i read a book and the the the, the race of a character isn't um described she defaults black <laughs> and the whole room was like yeah that thing yeah. Of, like, being open to the idea that because especially for white people white is a default like i, I think a lot of people I, th I think we're we're sort of programmed to a condition that way yeah. as the default, and and it does take challenging. It takes that idea of challenging, um, challenging how you see the world. And I think going back to what you were saying specifically about your book and and characters in that way, like I think it's really important to to present characters um, and be able to write a character who is say black or disabled or queer. And be able to write them that way for the sake of it, for the sake of that that character being that person, not because it makes your sure. your story easier, not because it makes you know it easier to to 
talk about a specific issue, but because those people exist in the world and and they, you know, not everyone is, you know, cis, het, white people. Yeah, yeah. I think for me, I rely so much on just like gut decisions. Hmm. So like when I when I was trying to design the characters for that, like I was like, okay. Um, um, Flick is going to be disabled and just popped into my head like that's how it's going to be and then you do the research and it, w- when you do that you'd be like then you, you get to the decision of like how is it going to factor into the story mm. and I was like mm, well you're going to see visual you're going to be seeing the visual stuff like when they break into the place and how they break into it and um, and how how that fits into it um, but then I was like, she explains it in the beginning, like her, her life and like all her, her all her kind of stuff, like her condition and how she deals with it. But then she gets on with the story and then everything about her is related visually. Yeah. But I, I yeah, I but I do think, think I do think you have to, I do think like when you're, when, when people designing characters, like they've got the option of the entire planet to do what they want and yeah. it's like don't like but pixar's got their 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 rule like their rules for storytelling or things online or whatever and they say always like when you're designing characters always go with your like seventh or eighth idea that always like churn out so many different variations and then they'll go later to just to get because like your first your first who knows your first few might not be good but um but yeah it's it it was a tough one that and uh yeah and also like a whole element of the whole book for me as well like after i after doing zools and getting that like being nominated and then i got i entered that zools to the fate the first faber children's was it um Fab Award 2017 and it, it got the second prize for that and then after that um, then like because I've got like this like um, what's called Contra- contrarian like little Kurt Cobain pissy like like angel on my shoulder and it always <laughs> wants to go it always wants to go the opposite like the thing is right and I've, I've had this conversation with, like, other, like, creators of colour, like, Sargent and stuff. And, like, after doing that book, I kind of really felt that if I wanted to, I could really be POC artist trademark. And I could really do, lean into that and do those stories and do that. Even though I believe those stories are really important and I'm, I'm doing them in genre form on my own terms but i feel that there is a way i kind of felt like i wanted it was almost like this sort of self-destructive punky thing of like no the next thing i'm going to do is going to be about everybody and i'm not just going to do this thing that's all about being an asylum seeker i'm going to that's not that's not my bag and i think maybe a lot of a lot of artists pigeonhole themselves and can make good money that way but i think for me 
um, I think you can, you should go, you should make, you should make your life harder. <laughs> no, 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 I just feel like I just feel like you should just like. I think you try try be a storyteller. Like for me, be like be like for me, like be a storyteller. Like try and like like I don't. I want my my worth isn't just like who who I am physically. I've read so many books. So many books. <laughs> so like, I've read so many books. No, no, like, but I mean, like, I've read, like, you know, Stephen King, like, all those books, and I want to do that kind of stuff. I want to be, like, I want to do a Stephen King book. I want to do, like, a, a, a I don't know, a, a, like, a YA, like, um, music, like, musical drama type thing, mm. or, like, and I want to do so many different stuff. But I don't want to, I don't want to be um, tilling the same, um, earth forever and i kind of feel like that the industry kind of pushes you towards that and for me i feel like i'm gonna like for example i could be like i'm gonna do a sci-fi story and it's gonna be all like um people of color but it's not gonna be a drama like i did last time like it's always like trying to mix it up all the time and trying to escape the 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 the, the straight jacket people try to put you in i think I don't know. yeah absolutely yeah i agree 100 percent. and uh, probably other comics artists are listening to this thinking you've got to be totally mad to try and draw have a book come together in a bunch of different styles but it absolutely works because like it's hard enough as you say to draw a bunch of stuff in one style and that becomes a bit of a slog but often people then try and turn to another style and it's worse. So you've managed to pull off the thing that I think a lot of comics artists are going to be listening to this and being like, that bastard. <laughs> yeah, but I did it for two stories and then I, I chickened out and got other people. <laughs> 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 is, I still consider I am more of a writer, in my opinion. Like That's where I'm the strongest. I know, like, um, yeah, I know where my weaknesses lie. But, like... Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be like it's going to be interesting to see what happens with this book. Like, I've got like zero expectations. Like, um, it's a weird, it's a weird uh, world that we are in because of the pandemic or whatever. So we don't know if things, you know, how things are going to reach people or whatever. And like my la- like the last thing, like junk food. Um, other than like selling it at Gosh, it was at um, Thought Bubble, and it sold okay. But it's all like I feel like I do feel like putting your stuff online for free maybe is the way. I'm sadly gonna say, but um, yeah, I don't know because it's, it's like it's gonna it's, it's a weird time because we don't know when conventions are gonna be back again. So it's all like, do people swing the the um, the 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 um online route but like yeah it's gonna be weird i don't know it's, it's i think gonna be... this is what we like this is what's led us to the to the kickstarter and why we are where we are like i think yeah. we that's us figuring out how you how you carry on going when the main you know main source of income 
doesn't exist anymore, or at least for now. It's going to be interesting. Yeah. I just find like weird. Like I've tried to have a look at a few like um, those online cons where people are tabling online yeah. themselves, and it just looks like I was like first I was like this looks like the most loneliest tabling experience of all time. I was like, but tabling is kind of like that anyway. <laughs> like, it's just taking out the element. You could just like chill at, in your house rather than getting, was it con crud as people call it? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I've never got it because I don't, I don't think I've done the shaking of the hands shenanigans, so I've got away with it. You're too healthy. It's all those. No, I just don't, I just don't shake hands. I really don't shake hands. I just, sit there like chatting crap at people and then, <laughs> yeah that's yeah, what yeah, i that's what sending, i do sending your gems that way and not really yeah i'm con- i'm contributing to corn crowd <laughs> but uh but yeah it's 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 a weird time yes um i think we should probably wrap it up there because we have been going for for quite a while um Thank yeah. you very much for, for chatting. Yeah, yeah. sorry about the whole technical shenanigans. It was a uh, bit, yeah, bit of a mad one. Uh, it was our fault. We were being total boomers. Absolutely. That's all right. Um, we all, we, we all, we all in, in, row in that boat. What I was going to say, um, I'm not sure if you're going to be able to edit anything like decent because I'm so rambly and like, unfocused. It, it it's, hopefully, you can get, hopefully you can get something good out of it. I don't know. We'll figure out. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. No, no, it's great. And there's lots of like really long and insightful passages there about the book, which I think is actually what people want to hear. They want to know what the book comes from and like where it, what bit of your mind it it came from. But also, you talked about the blood and how and putting blood into your work, and I think that was something that really struck me. <laughs> and actually, yeah, not just from like a Halloween like vampire <laughs> kind of point of view, but from how that I think really came across to me when I read it. And was like the reason that we want to put out these kind of books is because they've got blood in them, and I hope that that's what people what's what that's what people take from it. Myself, yeah, totally. Right. It's just like, like it's just like I get that from like when you go to like playwriting workshops and when people perform their own work, and you can feel like there's fire in the words, or like they're they're right. It's like they're reading their diary, and it's like it's got that intensity to it, and you're like, this is like it's. I kind of feel like it would be cool if autobio people shared that part of themselves rather than the stuff that they don't mind um, people knowing about them. Yeah, I kind of I... feel like, even if, it, like, that's that's what fiction's for. Like, you can hide all that. Like, um, you don't have to be full on about it. It's just, like, drawing from that well. And then when people read it, they'll be like, shit, man, those, like, like like that line is like was mad and and you'd be like yeah i got that line from you know when when my best friend dissed me (laughs) 